Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So, do we have any mothers out there in the, in the room today? Raise your hand if you're a mom, yeah? All right, let's give our moms a round of applause and praise God for them. Happy Mother's Day to you. Uh, thank you for being in church this morning. Moms who are in church on Mother's Day, you're doing something right, and we thank you, we praise for you, we, we give praise to God for you, and we're going to lift you up in prayer uh, a little bit later in the service as well. Because being a mom isn't easy, is it? Right? Raise your hand if you think being a mom's easy. Yeah, dads don't raise your hand, I'm telling you. <laughs> don't do that, all right? I have a mom, I'm married to a mom, and I've observed it. It's not easy. In fact, this past week, right on uh, Schaefer there, I saw a mom, and uh, she was getting the kids into the minivan. She just dropped off a kid. There was a kid screaming in the car. There was another kid outside of the car on timeout, and then she was wrangling another one into a car seat, and I could tell you she was having a tough day. Anybody ever relate to that as a mom out there? Yeah. Her batteries were running low, and I could tell that she needed to be recharged. Well, it's not just moms that need to be recharged. I think we all could use a little bit more power in our lives, power that gives life, power that energizes, power that focuses, power that actually works to help shape who we are in our lives. And power is a big thing in our culture, isn't it? I mean, I just got a letter in the mail uh, talking about there's going to be power outages coming this summer. And the electric company is saying, hey, you better get ready. You better have a plan if the power goes down. Solar power is big, too. We're just up at Olu this last week. In a weekend, they're going to put solar power panels all across the campus and on the roofs. Power. We talk about green power. We talk about clean power. We harness the power of the created world, and we shape it into electricity, and we rely on that power for our lives. We depend on it. If the power goes down, our lives go down. We need power. We need power to live, to thrive, to function. But that concept of power, there's also a negative side to it too, right? When you hear the word power, sometimes our mind is go, goes to a negative place. Power trip, abuse of power, controlling, absolute power corrupts absolutely. You've heard that phrase before, right? Power. Well, you see, today is not only Mother's Day, it's also Ascension Sunday. It's that day in the year, once a year, that we spend some time thinking about wrestling with, praying over, and seeing how the ascension of Jesus applies to our life. We read about it a moment ago in the Gospel of Luke and in Acts. The ascension of Jesus, basically 40 days after Easter, 40 days after Jesus rose from the dead, he ascended into the heavenly realms. The ascension of Jesus has a lot to do with power. The good kind of power. The power that works, the good side of power, and it's an absolute power, but it never corrupts power. We all want it for our lives. And the power of the ascension, the power that we're talking about this morning, is a power that is for you. It's for me. It's for us who believe, and it's a power that in many ways we cannot even fathom how great it lives. It's a power that's for all you moms out there who your batteries are running low and you're into the red and you're about to lose power. Jesus, right before he, he ascended into heaven, he was speaking to his disciples. And I don't know if you heard those words in Luke and Acts. He said, stay into the city until you have been clothed with power. In Acts, he said, you will receive power because the disciples, the apostles of Jesus, they needed power because they were going through a tough time. 
The Jewish leaders hated Jesus. They hated his followers. That's why they killed Jesus. Soon a great persecution was going to be spread over all the church. A persecution that would kill Christians, imprison them, scatter them throughout the world. 2,000 years later, we followers of Jesus, we aren't experiencing the same sort of persecution that the early church did. But I want you to know today, friends, that we are experiencing a persecution in a different way. Our culture. Our culture has made us so busy and so distracted and so materialistic that we are letting our culture squeeze God out of our everyday lives. We're letting our culture unplug us from God's power and plug us into all sorts of sources that are completely powerless for our lives. And we feel it. Some of us feel powerless to the pull of the temptations around us. Some of us, we feel the abuses of power that have hurt us. Most of us in this room, we aren't understanding the depth of the many gifts and blessings that God has given to us and especially around his power. It's because we live in a culture of quick fixes, don't we? We live in a culture of instant message. We live in an Amazon Prime culture, right? I order something at 9 o'clock. It'll be on my doorstep at 3 p.m. It's amazing. But the bad side of that is our culture. We want everything now. Our culture and our way of life, it doesn't have a place for a Christianity, for a faith that grows deeper and more profound year after year, decade after decade. Eugene Peterson wrote a book, and he called it this. He said, it's a long obedience in the same direction. You see, the Apostle Paul, he wrote a letter to the Ephesians. He loved the Ephesians. They were his people. He spent three years with them. He was their pastor. He led them. He started the church there. He loved them, and he wrote this letter to them. And in this letter, he wasn't fighting any sort of bad teaching out there. He wasn't kind of powering them up for some sort of persecution. He was writing a letter to them because he wanted them to grow deeper in their faith year after year, decade after decade. He wanted them not to stay at the surface level. He didn't want them to be all about quick fixes and and, uh, instant messaging and getting a delivery of the product now. He wanted something more for them. And so he wrote these words, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. Ever since I I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, his holy people, who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. The Apostle Paul is praying for them that they would understand, not in just the mind, in their hearts, in their actions, in their will, in their everyday life with each other. He says, I want this power to be part of who you are as baptized people, believers of God. He says, I want you to understand the incredible greatness of this. You see, we understand and we know about power from our homes. We know about power to uh, charge up our iPhones, right? We know about the power of the ocean and earthquakes and the created order. We know about power when it's corrupted by leaders and politicians. But God wants them and 
He wants us to know the incredible greatness of his power for us, for you, for me, for us who believe in him. And the Apostle Paul, he goes on, he says, let me tell you about this power for you. It's far greater than any power you've experienced. He continues in verse 19 and he says this. He says, this is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. My friends, that is power. Power that raised Jesus from the dead. As human beings, we've been harnessing electricity and power of the world, but we have never been able to raise someone from the dead after three days. We don't have that sort of power as humans, but God does. That same power raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand. The fact that Jesus is seated at the right hand, meaning his work is done, is complete, his mission is fulfilled. What he accomplished for us on the cross and in the resurrection is ours for eternity. There's no mistake about it. He's seated at the right hand. That sounds familiar, right? We confess that in the Apostles' Creed. We confess that he ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father, all mighty. Well, what does that mean, that he's at the right hand of God? 500 years ago, there was a big debate about that. People were saying, well, the right hand of God, it's like a specific place. It's somewhere floating out there. And since Jesus is out there floating at the right hand of God, he's really not kind of present here. Martin Luther, he did a study. He went through the Old Testament scriptures. He, he, they didn't have computers. He couldn't do a word search. I mean, he physically went through the Bible. And he found every place where it said the right hand of God. Do you know what the right hand of God is? The right hand of God is his power everywhere present in the world. The power of God raised Jesus, seated him at the right hand of God so that his power is active everywhere in the world and more importantly, directly available to you and me for our lives. The power of God. The Apostle Paul, he was praying for the Ephesians. He says, I want you to know that power. I want you to know it deeply. I want you to know it in your heart. I want you to know it in your life. I want you to know it year after year, decade after decade, and it's gonna help you grow deeper in your faith. Because the Apostle Paul, he was speaking from experience. He had experienced the power of God in his life. The Apostle Paul had gone from killing Christians to becoming the most influential disciple and follower of Jesus. He changed the shape and the history of Christianity in the world. He wrote so much of the New Testament. But that discipleship for Paul, it was not easy. He was in prison. He wrote the letter of Ephesians from prison. He was beaten with rods. He was flogged. He was stoned. He was in danger from rivers and bandits and hunger and thirst. He was shipwrecked. He was cold. He slept sleepless nights. Moms, you know about those, right? The Apostle Paul endured all of that, not by his own power, but because of the ascended Lord Jesus, his power, the right hand of God is everywhere present in the world, and it's for you, and it's for me. I've been a Christian for 41 years now, and I'm telling you, I am just starting to begin to realize the depth of that power of God. I'm just starting to realize, yes, it's everywhere active, and it's available for all of us. You know, this past Thursday, it was the actual day of the ascension. It was the actual 40 days after Jesus rose. But it also was something else, right? Yeah, it was Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. <laughs> but it was also the national day of prayer. And I don't know when all three of those ever come together. I mean, that's like, 
something crazy, right? But it was the best, most powerful ascension slash Cinco de Mayo slash National Day of Prayer I have ever had. It was filled with prayer. It was filled with God's power and God's people and community and even some Mexican food. And I loved it. <laughs> Taco adobe is pretty good, isn't it? Yeah. Some days as a Christian, you really recognize God's power at work in your life. You see it more clearly You see it more profound. You see the power of God working in you and around you and through you. And this past Thursday was one of those days for me. Got up in the morning, blessed the family, prayed, came down to church. We said, thank you, God, and we prayed uh, over Heidi, one of our volunteers who's been working in mom's life for seven years. Uh, The power of God has worked through her to transform and change hundreds of mom's lives years after years. We prayed God and thanked him for it. Later that afternoon, I went to visit Gary in the hospital. And uh, I went there to visit him. But sometimes you get an opportunity to uh, be visited by those you visit. And I was blessed by God's power working through his life, through his faith, through his joy, through his, his, his demeanor, through his love. He said, I love you, like he does. The power of God working in his life as he's battling cancer was blessing me when I went to visit him. And something funny happened as we were in that room there. Uh, Gary had a roommate named Bob, and Bob has been uh, filled with problems in his mind because of a stroke. His mind is clouded, and the whole time we were there, he was cursing God. Expletives like crazy. I mean, the whole time, even during our prayer, he was cursing God for all of this stuff that had happened to him. As we were leaving, I remembered, you know, the power of God is for all of us. And I said to him, I said, hey, Bob, it seems like you're struggling right now in life. I said, can I pray for you? And he reached up his hand. I grabbed hold of his hand. I prayed over him by the power of the Holy Spirit. I asked God to bless him, to give him peace and calm, to bring his salvation into his life. And that whole time that he was arguing and complaining and crying, during the prayer, he was completely quiet and calm and peace. The power of God. An hour later, I I prayed for a friend of mine who's going through a divorce. An hour later, I grabbed my family's hands and we prayed at Taco Adobe. An hour later, we were at home. I was blessing my children and putting them to bed. And I want you to know, parents in the room today, there is nothing more powerful than you can do to speak a word of blessing over your children every night. Pray for them. Bless them every night. Let them hear God's word and truth come through you into their heart, into their being. And I'm going to tell you, you will see the trajectory of their lives change because God is powerful to do it. And if you don't know how to do it, you email me, you call me, and I will tell you how to bless and pray for your children. I wanted to go to bed. It was a long day, right? But it was the national day of prayer. And so I came back down to the church over in the sanctuary, hundreds of Christians and pastors from the city of Orange. We gathered together. The mayor was there, and we prayed powerful prayers for our families, for the police officers, for the firefighters, for the community. It was awesome. We were singing hymns. We were singing praise songs, and the Spirit of God was powerful and alive all around us, working through his people. Everyone afterward was like, that was awesome. I went home tired, exhausted, spent got into bed, prayed for my wife and for my family and for St. John's, and then I don't know what else because I fell asleep, and God, I know he kept going. It was an awesome day. God's power was everywhere, just like it is every day, but for some reason, I recognized it more. It's taken me 41 years just to start that. But because of that recognition just past Thursday, my life was better on Thursday. 
My life was better not only for me, but for the people around me and for the guy whose hands I reached out to, for me and my family and those around me. That's Paul's prayer for us. That's his prayer in Ephesians. His prayer is that you would understand, not in your mind, but in your heart and your being and your relationships and your everyday life, that you would know, that you would experience God's power. And he's praying for the Ephesians. I want you to know this, that you would recognize his presence and his power in your daily life, not only for you, but for those around you and coming from those around you. Even to people that would curse his name, you have the power to bring grace and mercy into their lives. But the reality is that we are so distracted. That's our persecution. We're busy. We're distracted. And the reality is we're afraid to let God's power work in our lives. The Apostle Paul, he wants to remind us. He says to us that Jesus' authority is greater than any fear you have, any power or leader or anything in this world. He continues on in verse 21 and he says this. He says, now Christ is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else. Not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. This past Wednesday, I had the privilege of leading the school chapel over in the sanctuary. And I was talking to the kids about this uh, statue. Raise your hand if you've seen that statue before. Right? So I asked the kids, what is Jesus standing on? What do you think Jesus is standing on? Say it out. They all said the earth, the world. But he's not. That blue sphere there, if you look up and you get close enough up to it, can you see the little stars? It's an image of the universe. It's an image of our ascended Lord Jesus Christ standing upon the universe. The universe is his footstool. His power is far beyond any power we've ever known or experienced on this earth. And that power is for you and for me. We saw it in our children singing this morning. We saw that power being washed over. Our friends who were baptized washed over Matt and Kendall and Ashlyn and Ruby receiving God's grace and mercy in their life. We've felt that power in songs of praise and the word read in our prayers of faith. We've seen that power in our friendships, in our community, in our relationships with each other. God's power at work. God's power for moms who are struggling with the everyday task. God's power for those who have lost their moms. God's power for those who've never had a mom. Or their relationship with their mom is is just terrible. God's power for those who want to be moms but can't. God's power for those who have lost children. God's power for those who struggle with disease and hurts and habits and hang-ups and temptations and relational abuse to the poor and the powers. God's power for all of us. The ascension of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ says that his power can overcome all of that. God's power will triumph. God's power can redeem even the darkest of things that you think cannot be redeemed. God's power can accomplish it. And St. Paul says to us today, that power is everywhere, all the time, for you. St. Paul is saying this week, recognize it. Let the power work in your heart and your life. Let that power work through you. Let that power come to you through his people. It's Paul's prayer for the Ephesians. 
And it's Paul's prayer for you and me this morning. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19. Paul says, I pray that you will understand, experience, know the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand. Amen? Amen. Amen. Amen.